Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. This is just a great time to have, that, to have a thankful heart. Well, isn't, that, isn't that what it's all about, Thanksgiving? It's not really about turkeys and all those things. I remember growing up, Thanksgiving for me was about, was about turkeys and pilgrims and, 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 and Indians and, and hunting. Come on, how many of you like to hunt? Come on, it's about seeing family that we haven't seen. But even, even over my lifetime, I've seen Thanksgiving take on a whole new meaning. Come on, how many of y'all recognize that here today we see Thanksgiving represents, now it's more about shopping. It's about Black Friday and, and, and making these specials. And, and as a matter of fact, we kind of miss the whole Thanksgiving thing. We just, Thanksgiving simply turns into a preparation time for Christmas, which that's a whole other message we're not going to touch on this morning. But come on, I want you to know that I believe that God has an intention for us to be thankful. As a matter of fact, I think our Thanksgiving, our thankfulness is directly tied to our heart of worship. But here this morning, I just want to give you a couple of facts about what Thanksgiving really means and what its original intent. I mean, we do recognize that Thanksgiving is a federal holiday. And although it's become what it is today, in 1863, Thanksgiving meant so much more to a nation that was coming out of a civil war. As Abraham Lincoln stated, Thanksgiving and praise to the beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Come on, does that sound like the rhetoric of today? A president who's bold enough to declare thanksgiving to the Lord that that, that provided for for them to come out of this time of tragic war. Or what about another war and another president and another time where thanksgiving meant so much more than just simply turkeys and pilgrims and Indians and football and Black Friday. But as president in October 3rd, 1789, George Washington made the following proclamation. And created the first Thanksgiving Day designated by the national government of the United States of America. And he says this, and I won't read the whole excerpt, it's quite lengthy. This is, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of mighty, Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Come on, how many of you recognize that these leaders, both George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, They had an understanding that that as this nation was coming out of a time of war, there were many scars that come from war. How many of you recognize that in the battlefield, you come home with scars? You come home with with missing limbs? How many of you realize even in the spirit realm, when you go into battle, it has a cost. It has a price, and many of us have scars. But I want you to know that to, to be able to heal those scars, it begins with having a thankful heart. Come on, here this morning, I just want to take an opportunity and talk about a thankful heart. Because the lack of thankfulness can lead us into some pretty dark places. Come on, even in the midst of all of our pain and suffering, we need to maintain thankfulness. 
In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, it says, for, the, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, this being God, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Come on, how many of you realize that God makes Himself known? Even to those who don't read the Scriptures. Even to those who live outside of the, the, our civil wor- world. Come on, I want you to know that God makes Himself known by His invisible attributes. When anybody who looks at nature, who looks at God's creation, cannot deny that there is a Creator. But it says in verse 21, Because although they knew God, Come on, I want this to sink in. Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him. Just let that sink in for just a moment. They did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. Come on, I want you to see here this morning that we see that that although we can know God, even though we can recognize God, we can recognize His eternal power, we can recognize what He did, but if we don't glorify Him, if we don't thank Him, if we're not thankful in our hearts... It continues to read that they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Come on, how many of you realize that, that even for me, we live in a day today of a lack of thankfulness. Well, we live in a day today where, where it's just easy. I can go down to the store, or I can go down to the bank and pretty much buy whatever I want. Well, we live in an in instant society, an instant generation. But I want you to know we need to begin to redefine that as a church. Come on, I want you to know that here this morning, we need to begin to have a thankful heart. And out of that thankfulness flows joy, flows peace, flows prosperity. Come on, how many of you are ready for an outpouring of the Lord in Acadiana? Come on, how many of you are ready for an out? I mean, there's a couple of you. How many of you are ready for a genuine outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acadiana? Come on, I want you to know I'm ready. I'm ready. I believe that that outpouring, that revival, that rejuvenation, that, 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 uh, that surging, that mighty river that's going to flow through this land that we just sang about. Come on, that begins with thanking God for all that He's done. Come on, imagine the power of a thankful heart. One person who recognizes all the things that God has done in them and begins to declare that into all the nations. Think about the power of that. Think about the power of that. I want to I, I just go into a study here this morning. How many of you want to get into the Word of God? I want to talk about the, one of the first Thanksgivings, a great Thanksgiving celebration. And I'm hoping to teach you a few things here this morning about how to have a thankful heart. Come on, how many of you want a thankful heart? How many of you can be more thankful? Amen? Can you turn with me? We're going to be in the, the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 16. Uh, let me go there as well. 1 Chronicles, chapter 16. When you get there, can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Chapter 16, I want to look at verses 1 through 4. Bless you. 1 Chronicles 16, 1 through 4. So they bought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings... He blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. 
And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Come on, we see here that David, as he's bringing this Ark of the Covenant into... Come on, how many of y'all know what the Ark of the Covenant represents? It represents the very presence of the living God. Come on, in the Old Testament, wherever the Ark went, God went with it. Come on, every time the Israelites, they would move and they would begin to do things by faith. Come on, as we were just sitting there singing this morning in worship, I just had this image that it was just necessary for us many times as we're just carriers of the presence of God. How many of you know that, that, that those Israelites, whenever they were crossing the Jordan River, that they had to take a step in the water before the river parted? Come on, how many of us, if we would just take that step with God, that first step, could recognize that God is going to begin to go with us? That His presence, it, it, it's, it dwells upon our faith. The Ark of the Covenant represented that presence of God. Come on, I, I was telling David here just this uh, past week that you know, we can have the best worship services, we can have the best messages, we can have the best looking building, but all that stuff is good and fine. I want you to know that's not what draws people to the Lord. It's the very presence of the living God that's going to draw and change lives. Come on, I would, I would just as soon throw it all away for the presence of the Lord. But it says it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Come on, I want to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. As we just have the ability to carry the presence of God in holiness and in purity. But I want to give you a little bit of backstory. So we have here, we have this image of David. He's bringing the, the, the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, into the temple, temple and he's setting it there. And he begins to appoint certain people. He makes sacrifices. He begins to do things. But then he, then he assigns Levites, which we know that the Levites were the priestly group, right? Come on. How many of y'all realize that you're a Levite here this morning? Well, God says we are all priests unto the Lord. And he begins to say, I want to, I want to assign certain groups, certain priests, that your full-time job is to commemorate, your full-time job is to thank, and your full-time job is to praise. I want you to just think about that for a moment. But, but I want you to see that, G, that, that David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant into, into Israel for a reason, because the Ark had been lost for a period of time. That several years later, the presence of God, it was taken by this Philistine group. While King Saul was the, was the king. And it was during that time that, that while the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God was in the hands of the enemy. Come on, how many of you know that the presence of God ain't going to stay in the hands of the enemy for long? Come on, that, that their very idols and the things began to, to fall and crumble. Then, then they said, well, maybe, you know, then, then they moved the, 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 moved the Ark for a little while, moved the presence of God to somewhere else. And, and they began to break out with all kinds of diseases I don't want to talk about. So they said, you know what? You can have this ark. We don't want the presence of the Lord. Come on, the, the presence of the Lord belongs in Israel, belongs with His people. Come on, I believe that God wants to move in us and He wants to bring that presence into, into our lives here this morning. So Saul, it says here that he was the king for a period of time. And, and during that period of time, it says that he was killed because of his unfaithfulness and seeking guidance in other places outside of God. So at that time, David was appointed the king of Israel and he goes up against the Jebusites at Jebus. And, and, and Jebus was a place that is now present-day Jerusalem. Yeah. Come on, how many of you recognize that, that at that time, the land that was promised by God to His people was occupied by occupiers? Come on, I want you to know here this morning that many times, many of us, we have promises from the Lord that even right now, there's someone who's occupying that promise. Come on, here this morning, I want us to rise up and begin to take back some of that ground that, that belongs to us. Some of those promises that God wants us 
to go and, and take. He has given us that authority in Jesus Christ. So David goes and he, he takes that, that land. He takes that land in Jerusalem as given to him. This is in chapter 11 of First, uh, First Chronicles. And David said it's very important to him. He said, I wanted to. It's not just good enough for us to have a land to dwell in. Come on, he had the land. He began to build houses. He began to establish things. He began to do some really awesome things. Come on, how many of us, we build our lives, we build our careers, we build our, our lifestyles, we build our social media page, we build our website. Come on, we build our businesses, we build our schools, we build our networks. Come on, I want you to know that even for King David, he had all those things and much, much more. But he said, I, I, I am nothing without dwelling in the presence. I want the presence of God to begin to dwell where I am. Come on, right now, I just want us to begin to think about about how we can begin to invite the presence of God into our homes, into our churches, into our schools, into our businesses. That without that presence of God, we are really nothing. It really represents nothing. David wanted to bring back that presence because he knew that it was the presence that kept him during all those times in, in his wilderness. So they devised a plan. Come on. How many of you want the presence of God in your, in, in, in your life? Come on. How many of us want the presence of God? Well, many times we want the presence. We say, okay, God, I want the presence. So they devise a plan. And many of you probably know this story, but I'll tell it again just for the sake of those who haven't heard it. So David, he begins to put this plan together. And he says, okay, so we're going to go out to, this, to where, the, where the ark is and we're going to build a wagon, or like a little cart. And we're going to take, the, take the, 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 the ark and we're going to put it on top of the cart. And then we're going to attach the cart to some oxen. And the oxen are going to begin to just carry that presence back into the land of Jerusalem. He said, in fact, David said, you know what? Let's even bring it a notch further. We're going to begin to sing songs. We're going to begin to praise God. We're going to begin to play instruments and tambourines. and Yes, tambourines. Tambourines are okay. Come on, they, they had assigned music and priests. It looked all great from the outside. But how many of you know that that didn't necessarily end well? That in that process, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant and as they're wheeling it along and these oxen, they're carrying it, they got this cart that's, that's built up and these, these priests, they're, they're walking next to it and, and next thing you know, the, the oxen stumble and the cart begins to stop and Usa, the high priest, he takes his hand to stable the Ark and he drops dead right there in a moment. So David, he gets very upset with that. They say, okay, let's stop what we're doing. We're going to reevaluate, you know. We're going to stop this whole process and we're going to look at see what we've got to do. How many of you know that, that many of us, we say, well, let's just devise a new plan. Let's have another board meeting, Doc. We're going to put another plan together. We're going to write another business plan. But that's not what David did. Come on, David goes and he begins to look at the Word of God. And he begins to read, well, how did Moses move this thing? How did God intend for the presence to be moved? So what does David do? He says, well, it says here that look at these rings on the side of the, the, side of the ark. That's what these poles are for. We're going to put poles in here. And we're going to begin to put the ark onto the shoulders of the priests that were, that were designated, that were anointed, that were appointed to carry the very presence of God. And then we're going to play music and we're going to play instruments and we're going to do all these things and we're going to march into Jerusalem and we're going to carry the presence of God into that place. Come on, even though he, at the very beginning, he put the, the ark on the cart. How many of you know David had the best intentions I want you to know that God wanted His presence in that place. But sometimes our best intentions don't guarantee our best outcomes. we got to do things in order. we got to do things God's way, not necessarily 
our way. And I believe that even all these things, as this takes place, that God is just showing us, He's establishing principles for us to learn by. In chapter 15 of 1 Chronicles, it says that David, he began to prepare the place. He built the tabernacle. He began to prepare all the elements that Moses said to prepare. He began to build up what God said that was needed to be built up. In chapter 15, verse 12, David says to, the, to his people, says, you are the heads of the fathers, houses of the Levites. He says, sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place that I have prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. You see, God is teaching us a principle here that his presence can be carried not necessarily by our programs. Come on, but it's meant to be carried by his priests. You know, it's not necessarily the, the cart that was faulty. It wasn't necessarily the oxen that was faulty. It was our heart towards God. It was David's heart towards God that was faulty. And in that, David, he begins to do the right thing. And, and I mean, many of you know this story. David, as he comes in to the, to the city of Jerusalem, come on, how many of you know he was dancing before the Lord? He had accomplished what God had called him to accomplish. Come on, he had done, he had the joy of the Lord on him. He was, he was marching before that ark, bringing the presence, bringing the promise, bringing the fulfillment of what God had for that city back into that, into Jerusalem. Come on, David knew that when he had the presence of God in his place, there was nothing, no weapon formed against him shall prosper. Come on, when we begin to function in the Holy Spirit, we begin to allow God to dwell within us. How many of you know that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Come on, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, but many times we try to carry that presence through our programs. Come on, we'll go to church on a Sunday morning. Come on, we'll, we'll read our Bible study and our devotion. That's all good stuff. I'm not saying it's not. But what God wants you to do, He wants you to function as the priest of the Lord. And He wants you to begin to be a carrier of His presence. Come on, He wants you to take the presence of the Lord into your schools, into your businesses, into your homes. Come on, He's given us that, that priestly calling. The presence of the Lord was never intended to be carried by our programs. Come on, I pray. My prayer this morning, and I, I was telling many of you here this morning, my prayer this morning is that, that the presence of the Lord just be in this place. Come on, I, I feel the presence of the Lord even here now. Come on, I, I can preach the best sermon and have the best exegetical homiletic message on the planet, but I want you to know that the Spirit of the God just sh shows up and touches an individual, touches us all. Come on, it doesn't take me. It doesn't take David. Come on, it just takes the Lord to move amongst us. Come on, right now, can we just pray? I just want to just ask God to just... Jesus, I just pray that your presence be with us, Lord. That, that whatever program, Lord, that we have put together, Lord, that we can just begin to just throw that out, Lord. Throw that out with the oxen, with the carts, Lord, with all those things that we put together. Lord, that we can just carry your presence as we sanctify ourselves, as we purify ourselves. Lord God, as we prepare our hearts to be presence carriers in this, in this dark and evil age, 
Lord, that it says even in your word that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but Lord, we wrestle against principalities and powers. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord God, that you can begin to fill us to overflowing, Lord, with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You see, David, he was king and he began to establish a system of worship. He got the, he got the Ark of the Covenant into, into the, the temple. And he said, you know, man, we got it here. We got the presence of the Lord here. And he says he began to make sacrifices and he began to do all these things. But I really want to focus in on chapter 4. I mean, chapter 16, verse 4, it says that he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the Ark of the Lord to commemorate to thank and to praise the Lord, God of Israel. You see, David's legacy, David's lineage was established through God. Come on, think about Saul. Saul, he had a, he had a kind of a, whenever times got tough, what did Saul do? Well, Samuel didn't show up in time. Come on, how many of you realize we get to that last moment, like, God, what am I supposed to do? 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 And God, as uh, Pastor Tommy said many times, he says that, uh, you know, God, he's, he's always on time, but he sure does miss several opportunities to be early. Come on, how many of you know that God can many times lead us right up to that point of decision making? You see, that Saul, when he was faced with that battle, what does he do? He begins to go and, and consult with mediums and sorcerers and astrologers. And he begins to, to doubt what God had said, what God had promised to him. But David's he, Saul had a, a heart of entitlement. Well, I'm the king. I deserve these types of things. Come on, as believers, don't, don't we know that, well, I'm, the, I'm saved, set free, born again, believer in God. I deserve better than this, God. Have we ever had that attitude? Am I the only one? Come on, I want you to know that that's that spirit of entitlement. I believe that God wants to break that off of us. How do we do that? We break that off with a heart of thanksgiving. Come on, David had a heart that was after God's own heart. You realize we read here this morning, Psalm 92, it says, give thanks to the Lord and sing his songs. Come on, can that just be our heart? We're just going to give thanks to the Lord. As we looked at the turkeys, I mean, how many of you realize that that beautiful, awesome, nice looking turkey, that Thanksgiving that, that we really wanted, I mean, that we, sometimes we don't always get it exactly like we want it. Come on, instead of having a heart that says, well, God, man, just disappointed, this didn't really work out the way it did. Can we just have a heart that's always thankful first for what God did do? Come on, can we have a heart that says, you know what, Lord, this isn't, this isn't what I thought, but it's so much better than I thought. Thank you, Lord, for taking my focus off of my perfection and putting my focus onto to your perfection, Lord. Come on, how many of us think that many times we can do so much better on our own? I want you to know here that God has done it all. You not needed to do anything. David, in, in this time, he's, he begins to function from a heart of thanksgiving. And we know that, it's, that God promises David, he says that your legacy, your lineage will be established through all the generations. And we know that even Jesus Christ came from the lineage of David. As the king of all humanity. The king of the universe. The king of kings. The lord of lords. But David, uh, David established there in the temple that day. And it continued for nearly 30 years, a continual element of worship and praise. I want you to just think about that for a moment. Where before it was just the sacrifice of bulls and goats and those things, David began to, he began to establish a ministry of thanksgiving. He began to establish a memory, a, a, a ministry of commemoration. He began to establish a ministry of praise. That he even assigned full-time Levites, their jobs, 
Asaph, as it says, Asaph was his chief musician. He says that Asaph and his brothers were before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister before the Ark ark regularly as every day's work required. Every single day, the priests would go before the Ark of the Lord and they would commemorate. They would thanks and they would praise. I believe that thankfulness is connected to our worship. David worshiped freely. On that day, he was dancing before the Lord. Come on, many of you know the story of, of his wife at the time, Michael. And how Michael looked and she des- it says that she despised David because of, because of his worship. She said, David, you're going to embarrass yourself in front of all these people. It's embarrassing, David. I mean, what are you doing dancing? What are you doing da- dancing, David? What are you doing so joyful, David? Man, don't you know that all these people are going to be attracted to you and they're going to think something about you? David, don't you know that that it's not right for a king to act such a way? Well, I want you to know that David wasn't concerned so much with his office. Well, he was more concerned with his offering. That he was offering before the Lord that which is due his name. He wrote many songs, ascribe unto the Lord the glory due his name. Jesus. Michael despised David, and you know that his, if you look in the, in, the, in the scriptures, that it says that her womb was shut up from that day forward. Come on, we want to leave a legacy. We want to live a, leave a lineage. We need to begin to operate out of a heart of thanksgiving. You know, this is a simple, this, so, so I'm taking from this a, a little three-step plan, if you want to say that, a little three-step process to being thankful that David used, and it worked for him. I'm sure it'll work for us. That it says that he says he began to establish priests to, to commemorate, to thanks, and to praise. Come on, can you think about this? That word priests, that their full-time job was to commemorate. That word can be translated also to remember, to recall, or to call to mind. In Philippians 1, 3, 4, Paul says it. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. That I believe that it's our job, it's our responsibility that to pray for one another. To remember, to write down, to commemorate the things that God has done in our lives. If you want to begin to, to function and flow out of a heart of thanksgiving, begin to write down all the good things that God's done in your life. Come on, when you begin to feel down, I want you to go read those things. Come on, as a matter of fact, I, I, I've been threatening to do this. I just need to get it done. If anybody wants to help me, please come see me after service. But I, I want to just have a, 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 a page on our website that's nothing but t- testimonies of the good things that God has done. Come on, I want to begin to break the enemy's back in, 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 in disappointment. I want to break his back in, in discouragement. I want people to begin to see that God is still moving on this earth. And we do that through establishing a ministry of remembrance. Come on, many of we walk outside right here in, into our lobby, there's a, there's a hutch on the left. And you can look back through 66 years of godly ministry right here in Acadiana. All the way back from 1952, Pastor King, who had it in his heart to come and plant a church right here in the heart of Lafayette. Why? Not just because he can make a name for himself. Come on, he wanted to make a name for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He wanted to begin to set free those who were bound up in religion. Come on, I believe that that is our heritage as Pastor Headley. And he comes and he begins to just continue that process. And begin to do things and, and break the back of the enemy. And as Pastor Tommy, he can begin to do those same things and begin to encourage many of us, even in our day-to-day ministry, in our day-to-day lives. Come on, we can't just simply throw out the past 
foresight of the future. Come on, I want you to know that God establishes the future on His works in the past. Come on, we need to have a heart of remembrance, those good things that God has done in you. Come on, there's been bad things too, but I want you to, Doc's a psychologist, you can ask him, that many times our mind just has a natural tendency to block out the negative memories. Come on, God, I believe God programmed us like that. Because He wants us to think about the good things, the wholesome things, the godly things. Come on, I, I know many of us, we pray and we, we seek the Lord, but are we having good Christian fellowship one with another? Are we encouraging each other in the Lord? Do we have someone that we can look to and say, when in those times of discouragement, that are reminding us, that are our commemorators of all the good things that God has done in you? Come on, I, 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 I'm here to say this, here this morning that God did some amazing work in my life. Come on, I know most of your stories that, that God's done some amazing things in your life. Come on, people need to hear that message. They need to hear that message. Come on, that God's just not a God that we, that we worship. He's not a God that we serve only, but He's a changing, heart-changing, transforming God. Amen. A couple of people agree. Praise the Lord. We need to begin to write down those blessings. Come on. If you don't have a journal, if you can't write, you can record it by your voice. Those good things that God's done. We're gonna, like I said, we're going to establish that website, just the testimonies of God's goodness. Come on, if you've been healed by the Lord, can you just raise your hand right now? Come on, if you have a testimony of salvation, can you just raise your hand right now? Come on, if God's just transformed your life and been there for, during all those times that you thought was impossible, can you raise your hand? Well, every single one of us have a God story. Why? Because God is active and moving on this earth. Come on, there are many that say there is no God. I want you to... I think we have some, some testimonies here that they need to hear about what God has done. David established this priestly office. I want you to take that to heart this morning, to begin to commemorate, to remember, and to write down. Well, this was David, a full-time job. That's what they did. They, what were you, what's your job? I write things down. I just record for the, all the good things that the Lord has done in the kingdom. Well, we need that in our lives. How many of you realize that there's plenty out there recording all the negative press? Come on, I want you to know that this is a godly nation, that we stand for truth. Well, as it's established, we read that we have a heart of thanksgiving as established by George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Even our current president declares the truth of the Lord. That we need to have a heart of thanks. Come on, think about that. Thank, did you know that thanks is a, is, a, is a verb, not necessarily a noun? That word there, as a matter of fact, all these words, if you read it in a, in a literal translation of the, of, the, of the Hebrew, some of these words are many times interpreted praise. So, I mean, in the... In the, in the New King James Version, King James Version, it would read, it would read something that would just say, and, and the Lord, and uh, David established these things to praise and to praise and to praise the Lord of Israel. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's all three different words. One is to commemorate, one is to thanks, one is to praise. That middle word, thanks, it can be trans, it's the literal Hebrew word is yada. It means to give thanks, to laud, to praise, to confess the name of the Lord. Come on, it's a verb, it's not something that we necessarily give Come on, thanks is something, something that we can do. Come on, thanks isn't something that we give, it's something that we do. One more time. It's not something that we give, it's something that we do. That word yada, it means to shoot out the hand. Come on, it means to extend a hand. Come on, that word yad is actually in the Hebrew, it just means hand. So whenever we give thanks to the Lord, how can we do that? We need to begin to actively do things in our community. As a matter of fact, in in Matthew 25, Jesus 
says that, that for, if you saw someone thirsty, you gave them something to drink. If you saw someone hungry, you gave them some food. If you saw someone naked, you clothed them. If you saw one in prison, you went and visited them. He said, inasmuch as you've done to these, you've done it as unto me. Come on, I want you to know that it is our, our God-given request from the Lord that as much as He's given to us, that we need to begin to give to others. It's that in those ways that we begin to show our thanks for God's goodness. As Doc said, for what much is forgiven, right? There is much, that, much love in that. Come on, I, my, my life was in shambles. It was broken. It was destroyed. But through Jesus Christ, He transformed and changed me. I'm saying that not just because of, it's, a, it's a neat story. I'm saying that because He can do the same thing for each and every one of you. Come on, I was broke and homeless and alcoholic. Come on, now I'm saved and set free and redeemed before the Lord. Amen. We need to give thanks. You know, thanks is the opposite of disappointment. Thanks is the opposite of disappointment. Many times our expectations can limit our faith. Come on, think about it. If we just got what we expected all the time, think of what that kind of world would look like. I want God to show up and kind of blow away my expectations from time to time. Come on, how many of us, when we lay hands on the sick, we just not a, Lord Jesus, heal them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing and touching them. Okay. Be blessed and stay sick. I want to see God begin to blow away my expectations. That we begin to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, I, I want God to begin to blow away my expectations. I don't want to be limited by what I expect. Come on, how many of you know that God, His ways are way higher than my ways? Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Even if it's not what I expected to do. Lord, thank you, Lord. For setting me free. Lord, thank you for changing my life. Lord, thank you for helping me make my house payment last month. Lord, thank you for joining with us here this morning. Come on, as we just begin to thank the Lord, I want you to know that joy begins to bubble up within us. Have you ever been around someone who complains a lot? Me too. I've been that person who complains a lot and can be. Come on, don't you know that, that even, no matter how joyful you are, you get around that person, they can just like suck the joy right out of you? Come on. I mean, I, I've also been around perpetually joyful people that are almost to the level of obnoxious. But even that perpetually joyful, obnoxious person, I'd rather be around that person than just the moderately complainer, right? Come on, even if someone's, their faith is so welled up that it's like, dude, you got to take it down a notch, you know? It's still better than being around someone who just moderately complains from time to time. Come on, we need the joy of the Lord. It is our strength. It's going to keep us. It's going to sustain us. David thought it was so important in the temple that he established a ministry. What do you do? I thank God for what he's done. I, I go read those things that those recorders do. And I begin to thank God for his mighty works. Those recorders are working in hindsight. The thankers are working on insight. Come on, the praisers are operating in foresight. Come on. Jesus says that, David says that we need to begin to praise the Lord. Come on, how many of you are looking for a miracle? I want to encourage you to begin to just praise the Lord for receiving that miracle right now. I want to just, even before it even happens, in foresight, we need to thank God for the mighty works that He's going to do in our lives. All three of these words are praise, but this one is, is it, the literal Hebrew word is halal. The literal word is halal. Which that word is 
It could be translated to shine, to praise, to boast, to glory. Come on, it can be, it can be to be foolish. It's translated some places as being mad. Not mad like angry, mad like crazy. Come on, how many of we realize that praise, we can sometimes get a little seemingly crazy before the Lord. How many of y'all, y'all, y'all ever watched the, y'all, anybody remember the publisher's sweepstakes? You watch those commercials and these people, this guy walks up there with this huge giant check, right? I mean, it's like a huge check. That's like, you know, what? Two million dollars, right? Or whatever. I don't know what the publisher sweepstakes is. And they open the door. What do people do? Man, they're going crazy. Woo! Okay. I mean, my word. Don't you realize that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the things that he redeemed us from are so much greater than just some money, which with moth and rust shall destroy? Come on, these things that God gives us are so much glorious here in eternity that our praise, that our halal can be seemingly a little bit insensitive to those around us. Come on, even that day, David, as he's marching right there before the Ark of the Covenant, it it was to the point of it embarrassed his wife. But he was letting the joy overflow him about the goodness of God because he knew having the presence of the Lord was going to transform his people. We get that word halal. Many of us know hallelujah. When we say hallelujah, we're saying halal aliyahweh. Praise be to God. Come on, we don't need to always be spending all of our time looking for the next thing. How many of you know it's okay to celebrate what God's doing today? So here this morning, I want to ask a simple question. Do we have a heart that's willing to accept God's outcome? Are we still waiting for our outcome? Jesus came to this earth as a fulfillment of everything that we could not do on our our own. You realize that that, that God established that priestly order. You know, I believe that in this story we see that Jesus is representative of that high priest. That that all that that oxen and that cart, what that represents is, is mankind trying to usher in the presence of God on his own. But Jesus represents that high priest, that right authority. That godly manner by which God can, can dwell upon. Hebrews 4, 14, 15 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, but without sin. Jesus says that He is the way, the truth, and the life. He says that no man comes to the Father except through me. I want to even go a step further and say that when we begin to try to approach the Father in ways of our own device, of ways of our own concoction, that it it can become deadly to those who are around us. Come on, there's a. I I want to just when we try to approach the Father other than other through Jesus Christ, well, we that is a life that's not going to get very far, and it can begin to bring destruction. To those who are around us. Jesus Christ. He died a physical death on the cross. So that way we can have eternal life with the Father. That's worth being thankful for. Jesus rose again on the third day. That we can have life here and now. As well as life and eternity with the Father. Come on. Don't you see that, that 
that the word says, Jesus says that he's seeking those who will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Come on, don't you see that our worship is directly tied to our thanksgiving? Come on, I believe that God just wants to begin to release a heart of thanksgiving here this morning. Jesus came to heal our brokenness, to restore that was lost and to pay an unpayable debt. As we just prepare for communion this morning, I want to invite the ushers to come up. Come on, how many of you realize that it's in our, it's in our communion that we have fullness of joy? I want to ask the ushers if you can just hold on to that, to the elements just for a moment until everybody, all the ushers have there are prepared. I want to read a verse of scripture and just take a few moments before we start and begin to serve. Philippians 4, 8, or 4, 4 through 8 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul goes on to say, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He reminds us saying, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, well, he's pretty much said, I mean, you're going to find something. He says, meditate on these things. So as we just begin to serve the communion elements, I ask the ushers if you could serve, just begin to serve. I want you to take those elements and, and just hold on to them as we just begin to partake all together. After you receive that or while you're waiting to be served, can, I want us to just have that heart that Paul is talking about. Whatever it is that's praiseworthy, all those things, can we just begin to think on those things? Just begin to think on those things that you're thankful for. Those things that are lovely. Those things that are a good report. Let's just go to the Lord. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.